Well, it's good to be with you all this evening. Um, just a quick reminder, <clears throat> uh, just to revisit every now and again. Um, it's super helpful to us and those around you. If you and your neighbor aren't distracted by cell phones and such, go ahead and put those on silent, slide those away. That way it won't be a distraction, won't chime. If you're a person that has their phone on, I don't know, ring? Is that, people just usually have it on silent, right? Not ring. I don't know if you know if your phones can do that, actually. It can make noises and such, but we don't want it to happen here. So anyway, um, well, hey, we're heading into a mini-series that we are calling Gifted. Everyone say gifted. gifted. Everyone say you're gifted. you're gifted. Everyone turn to your neighbor and say you're gifted. You're gifted. You are gifted. We're going to talk about this not in terms of physical gifts, like you're going to receive a gift or anything like that. It's not that you're gifted um, intellectually, though some of you are gifted intellectually, it's not that you're telling the person next to you that you're gifted athletically, though some of you are gifted athletically. But it's rather like for meaning that if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you, in fact, are gifted. You are given gifts of a number of things. And so if this is a little intriguing to you, like I haven't heard about this, or maybe you have heard about this in the church, but you really haven't understood what they are, what they're about, why are they important. We're going to address some of these things when it comes to spiritual gifts. And here's the beautiful thing. Every single person here who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ, received it through grace, the beautiful thing in God's design in the body of the church is that we are all very, very different. Would you agree to that? Every single person here, you're all very, very different, and that's wonderful. It's a great thing. It wouldn't be as beautiful if we were all exactly the same person, the same personality, the same giftings. We're going to talk about why it wouldn't be as beautiful, but rather there's beauty in the diversity of the church. And so we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I do want to bring to attention this design. Now, we all know who made the design. It was Corey Thomason, the gifted Corey Thomason, guys. He made this graphic, and it's, there's purpose behind it. It's not just something that he copy and pasted off of Google, slapped gifted on it, and then gave it to me. He made this design with purpose. Take a look at it. Study it. Like there is some similarities in the graphic. There's also some differences in the graphic. It's very intricate. It's very complex design. And I don't want us to just breeze by this and just kind of miss the beauty of it because it's all very different. It's all very intricate. It's all very vital to the beauty of the graphic, of the picture. And it's the same way with our spiritual gifts in the makeup of the church is that the church functions and operates out of the beauty and the uniqueness and the diversity that God has given us and gifted us with. Through God's word, we're going to see that the church is a number of things. The church, for one, is a family. If you read God's word, you're going to see that the church is um, a temple. If you read God's word, you're going to see that the church is even a bride. 
And each visual, like a family, bride, temple, all of these visuals that we have for the church help us learn something about the church. And we're going to see today that the church is seen as a body. Everyone say body. body. When it comes to see the church as a body of believers, we also must talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the body for a second. Just this week, I threw out a rib right back here. Has anyone ever thrown out a rib before? See, I'm doing this thing right now where I'm like, I can't like turn my neck because it hurts. So I have to do this old man. Like, huh? You know, I have to, I have to turn my whole body to look because my, my rib's out of whack right now. I'm not making it up. It really hurts. And I went to uh, Dr. Jake. Where's Mariah at? I went to Dr. Jake. He's fixing me up good. But I told him, hey, I think I have a rib out. And Jake's like, have you had a rib out before? And I said, yes. And he said, well, then you know that it hurts coming out and it also hurts going back in. And so take a deep breath, and this is going to hurt. And it truly hurts. And my body isn't operating right because one thing, like a rib, is not operating as it should. And it hurts me. Have you ever noticed that, like, with you, if you have a cut on your hand, like, say you have a cut on your thumb, and then you never realized how often you actually use your thumb until you know it hurts every time you use it? right? Have you realized that before? Like, man, we use our body in all these ways, and then whenever something's not operating the way it should, things change. I'm not, I'm not working properly. Like, I have to compensate in other areas because I have a bummed leg, or my, my hand hurts, or my back's thrown out. Like, it, our body needs every single unique and diverse part to operate as it was intended to operate. Do you agree with that? We need our body to work the way it was designed to work. And it's the same way for the church, you and me. Now, we know the church is not a building. It's a what? It's a family. It's a people. You guys ever watched Thor Ragnarok? It's a good one. So if you haven't seen it, I've given you plenty of time to watch it. I'm going to spoil it. In Thor Ragnarok... Asgard, the place where Thor lives, is going to be, like, demolished, okay? And Thor is obviously, like, upset about it, so he talks to his dad in a dream. This sounds weird now that I'm thinking about it, but <laughs> he's talking to his dad in a dream, and he's like, but, Dad, this lady, my evil sister, is going to destroy Asgard. And the dad goes, Thor, you know Asgard is not a place. It's a people. We could have Asgard anywhere. This, you know, look at a blank prairie. Like, it could be here. Why? Because it's the people. So we know that the church is not just this particular building, 1815 West Liberty Drive. This is not the church. This is where the church gathers. This is where the, the people gather. And that whenever we as a church come together as one body, we were designed to use our gifts to further and advance the mission of the church, the gospel. It's necessary for us to have diverse, and when I say diverse, I just mean different gifts. It's absolutely critical. If all of us had the same gifting in the church, we wouldn't be operating as we should. 
God's designed us this way, to have different gifts. It's necessary that not all of us are gifted in the area of preaching and teaching. It's natural that we wouldn't be a church with all hospitable greeters. It wouldn't be natural if we were only full of musicians and we all wanted to play on stage. Like it, didn't, it wouldn't operate right. There's beauty and uniqueness in our diversity and the gifts that God has given us. So I want to start out with Romans 1, verses 11 through 12. I have it on the screen, but I do want you to turn to 1 Corinthians while you have your Bibles out. Go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. That's where we're going to be in the majority of it, but I want to address Romans chapter 1. Paul says this, as you're flipping to 1 Corinthians, Paul says this in Romans 1, For I want very much to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to what? I even underlined it. <laughs> to strengthen you. I want to impart to you some spiritual gift to what? Strength. To strengthen who? You. That is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I don't want to rush by this passage either, and I think it's very necessary as we launch into this little mini-series, because this is saying a great deal to us this evening. Paul is wanting to use his spiritual gift for who? For others. I'm gifted by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has gifted me to strengthen and empower others. That's something unique I want us to learn about our spiritual gifting is that your gifting was never meant to benefit you. It's meant to benefit and further the church. The giftings that you have, the, the things that God has blessed you with in terms of your abilities and just the things that God uses you in, it was meant to further and advance the gospel, not your glory, your spotlight. Spiritual gifts should strengthen others. Paul's gift will strengthen their faith and encourage his own in the process. He says, spiritual gift to strengthen you, that it is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And the big idea tonight, as we kind of just take a bird's eye view of this whole thing, the big idea tonight is that in Christ, you are uniquely and wonderfully gifted. That's a non-negotiable. When you've received Jesus by grace through faith in him, it's a non-negotiable. You are uniquely and wonderfully gifted, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. You are gifted. So with that, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 is where we're going to be. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Go ahead and say yeehaw when you get there. Yeehaw. Now say uh, boom shakalaka. Cool. <laughs> My man. <laughs> All right, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. It says this. Paul's talking. He says, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. 
You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. God, um, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would guide us and direct us, Lord, that as we look to your word, that you would refine us. God, that you would just bring clarity to a topic like this, where it can kind of bring about a lot of questions, a lot of uh, maybe uncertainty in the areas that one person may or may not think they were gifted. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just bring about clarity, make it absolutely clear to us, Lord, how you have designed us and how we can further your mission here as a church. Lord, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So one of the reasons why Paul's writing to this letter to the church in Corinth is because there was some division happening in the church. Paul's trying to emphasize in this letter the necessity of oneness and unity. And when there's division in the church, it's a serious deal. It's very hurtful. If you've, your family has maybe even been a part of a, a church where there was like a split or just like some disunity, it's awful to go through. The church won't operate or function as it should when there's disunity among the body of believers. And why do you think that is? Why do you think the church won't operate as it should if there's disunity? I want you to kind of talk about this with your neighbor. Why do you think if there's disunity, the church won't operate as it should? Take a few minutes and discuss that. Does anyone want to share? Why do you think if the church is disunified that it's not going to operate as it should, why do you think that's... A serious offense. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and if the church is full of that, that's, it's just a mess. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very much like a family. You're right. Mm. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. These are all really good things. Yeah. I love the imagery here of it is like a family. And you know, in your family or in some like a, a family that you've been up close to, like when, man, when things aren't right, when like the family's not jiving, like it doesn't operate as it should. You ever like just been, you and your friend or maybe you and your parents just been like, you've been off the same page. Ah, man, it's just like you're just off. And you wish you could just put a finger on it. You wish you could just figure out why it's that way, but we're just not on the same page right now. We're not unified. We're not operating as we should. It's the same way with the church. Man, it's a beautiful thing. When the church is unified, God is glorified. It's a beautiful thing when you're a part of it. And when the church is unified, God is glorified. But when there's disunity, sometimes that disunity is because there's like a fight for glory. Not all the time, but sometimes that is the case. The body, much like our bodies, must be unified. When the body of believers isn't unified, the gospel doesn't push forward. The kingdom isn't advanced. If you were going to imagine a body that isn't on the same page with itself, one leg wants to go one way and the other leg wants to go the other way, or your eyes want to go one way, but the other one goes the other way, like it just doesn't work that way. The body won't accomplish anything if it's not on the same page, if it doesn't operate as it should. The body must be unified in order to function and to glorify God. Every believer, every person that is in Christ, you are gifted. And it's for a purpose and it's to edify, which means sharpen, refine the body of believers, your brothers and sisters. Your gifts are used to further the church. So I want to kind of break down the passage a little bit. We're going to kind of back up to verses four through six. Paul says, now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. This is very Trinitarian language. What I mean by that is this is talking about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I mean, look at it, verses four through six. Different gifts, same spirit. Different ministries, same Lord. Different activities, same God. All, the, the, the unity of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, work in perfect unity, much like the church should operate. In a uniquely and unifying way, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God the Father empowers the gifts in each Christian. And there are diverse spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same source. There are diverse, many spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same source, God. Verse 7 a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Now, John Piper uh, summarizes this verse well here when it comes to this particular verse. He says, what this verse is saying is that the work of the church is thoroughly supernatural work. 
One of the greatest curses on a church is when its business is down to such a science that it, it manifestly runs by human effort alone. He's saying the church is supernatural, but whenever, the, whenever we make it more of a business than supernatural work, the church is only ran by human effort, not by the Spirit. Verses 8 through 10, Paul says, To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. I want to draw three things. We just read like a whole list of different gifts. It's not exhaustive. There are more gifts than this. But I do want to point out three things when it comes to a variety of gifts that you may or may not have. I want you to know this about spiritual gifts. No gift is more important than another. No gift is more important than another. Our culture may display that this is not the case. The person on stage teaching, for instance, may appear in your mind, in our culture's mind, that the person on stage is more important than the other person who runs the things behind the scenes and is uh, in, in the back and, and isn't seen. It may appear that that person's more important, but that is not the case at all. Spiritual gifts are not more important than another. One person who is on stage is no more important than the person that loves making a family food when that family is going through a really hard and awful time. Or the person who just loves to pray for others and does so willingly and joyfully. The second thing I want you to learn about this is that some Christians do not receive some gifts. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you inherit all of these gifts. The Spirit sovereignly distributes the gifts to individuals as the Spirit sees fit. So it's absurd to insist that all Christians must experience a specific gift, such as tongues, to be in Christ or not. And lastly, about this, I want to point out that ability does not match maturity. Ability does not match maturity. Possessing a spiritual gift does not mean that you are spiritually mature. Possessing a spiritual gift does not mean that you are spiritually mature. Paul opens this letter by thanking God that the Corinthians are not lacking in any gift but then goes on to correct them on issue after issue after issue for acting immaturely. So the ability that you have does not mean that you are mature. And I want to close tonight practically. We just kind of looked over a diverse, like just a kind of a variety of spiritual gifts passage, but I do want to offer us an opportunity to take a step forward in our spiritual journey by seeing the ways that you are gifted. 
There are a number of ways to go about seeing the ways that you're gifted. One of those, um, in our church, we have a Discover Your Ministry class, and that's actually going to be offered in January, I believe. So whenever our church is offering, they may call it DYM, so don't get lost just because they abbreviate it, but if they ever offer Discover Your Ministry, that class is going to be about spiritual gifts, and that's an opportunity for you to discover your giftings. Now, I do want to say, like, I, I want you guys to know that you are a very vital part of the church. This is not a class, DYM is not just a class for adults. If you are serious about your faith and you want to take a step forward in your, a step forward in your faith, I want to encourage you to sign up. Take the initiative and sign up for Discover Your Ministry. But beyond that, we also have spiritual gift assessments that I am going to give your D group leaders tonight. And if you want to take that step forward, I want you to ask your D group leader for a spiritual gift assessment. Now, there's a lot of those floating around. Not one is, is like, I don't have like a spiritual gift assessment that I think, yes, this is the one that's perfect. It's again, it's just a, it's a tool to help you try to figure out in what ways you think you're gifted or the way that God has gifted you. I went off my notes, so I have to read. Anyway, these things aren't foolproof. They're not perfect, but we want to provide for you the tools to practically help you find out the ways God has gifted you. And as a way to just remind us, as we go about our days, um, we're doing a series called Gifted, and we wanted to gift you this. This is about all the gifts I have for you. Um, it's a little sticker um, that Corey made for us. Um, so this is going to be something, a way for you to just remember that you, you are a vital piece of this church. You're necessary. And if there's one piece missing, it's not as it was intended to be. So I don't know what piece you are in this, like, graphic, but you're vital and you're necessary and God's going to use you to edify and further the mission of the church if you allow him to use you. So we're going to give this to your D group leaders. We're also going to give you time in your D groups to kind of discuss about spiritual gifts and how to go about um, figuring those out. So I want to give you time in your D groups to kind of flesh some of that out. Um, again, I have like some assessments back there, D group leaders, I just need you to kind of do a rough count and figure out how many of those that you need. Their stickers are also back there by Erica. So um, let me go ahead and close in prayer, and then you will be dismissed to your D group. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Lord, in the area of just spiritual gifts, would you give us... Um, the think space, Lord, the heart space to assess accurately the ways you've gifted us. Lord, may we be encouraging to one another and point out to one another how we see others being gifted, Lord, and how you're using them to further the church, Lord. I pray that this D group time would be um, authentic, that it would be real, and Lord, that it would be... Um, focused and attentive, Lord, to the task at hand. Lord, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.